Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Mantra, do you know what I need? I need to walk in these streets in my BA swag. You know what I'm really looking forward to? First of all, be your own brown boost. What an awesome phrase. I cannot wait to wear that on my chest like Superman. What I'm really excited for, though, is I am a sweatshirt and like hoodie girl. So the classic Brown Ambition logo sweatshirt has my name all over it. But where can I go? Where can I find it? I was hoping you would ask young Tiffany. Tiffany, get your Brown Ambition swag at brownambitionstore.com. Five years in the game, we finally have merch for you guys. So get your Brown Ambition hoodie, your Brown Ambition crew neck tee, get a onesie for your littles. We got toddler tees. Oh my goodness, there's something for everyone. Be your own Brown Boost t-shirt for sure. We have a Brown Ambition mug, which my family is most excited about. Um, I had to do the 15 ounce size for my big sister because she drinks coffee like nobody's business. So, you know, I'm the budget needs to write any special offer. Oh, I'm also very glad you asked that question, Tiffany. Yes. With Brown Ambition 15, that's promo code Brown Ambition 15, all one word. You can get 15% off your order at brownambitionstore.com. I can't wait to see y'all in these BA streets, repping BA fam with your BA swag. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown, and I did that for, um, for Rio, Surreo. Hey, Rio. Hey, Mandela. That was for real? Yes, I oh, was. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. I'll let him know. Oh, my God. I was thinking we should do like a, uh, like a Star Spangled Banner version of our intro because I feel, I just am so excited for the election. And I, like my dad was giving me live updates from the Atlanta polls today. Okay, how did um, it go? Which, well, I, I'm really impressed by Atlanta because they they let you vote so early. We can't vote early in New York until the week before mm. um, the general election. But yeah, so he he said it was a long line. I think he was there for four hours or really? so. And he was sending me video updates. And I will say everyone was like socially distanced. I saw a lot of masks. And it just made me feel so good because I've been stressed out the last week and a half because I guess I took for granted that everyone feels this real urge to vote and exercise their right to 
cast their ballot for elected officials. Because, mm. like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I guess there's a lot of, um, you know, my family in Atlanta, a lot of my dad's family, they, uh, I can't blame them, right? They don't trust government. They don't trust politicians. They say no matter what we do, nothing changes. Black bodies are still being murdered mm. by people in, you know, wearing uniforms and it's completely sanctioned and nothing ever changes. And, like, and I and I get it, but I just thought, because I've, I've seen my cousins go to, like, protests and talk about what's happening with Black Lives Matter and all that. But I started to, to get the sense that they weren't, like, registered mm. to vote. And I might have gone a little extra, but I feel real. I felt really compelled to do what I could to try to get them to at least register. And the deadline was the was the first week of October. And I might have gone a little overboard, but I was like texting. And then I, um, the good thing is, and anyone can do this, you can go to your state's uh, board of election site. And Georgia has a cool site where you can like check to see if you're registered. Okay. And you just need your date of birth. And it'll tell you, it'll tell you actually, are you registered and the status if you've, if you've mailed in um, a ballot request. I saw like, that. Uh, I love that. Yeah. And my aunt, you know, she's older, she's disabled, her husband's disabled. So she was, and and she was like kind of offhanded saying that she had mailed in her request for a mail-in, or not mailed in, sorry. She submitted her request for a mail-in ballot in September and hadn't gotten her ballot yet. And it's just like the smallest bit of information. She was thinking she had to go to like the, her local, um, like, I don't know, whatever uh, local government office to to check on her ballot. And I was like, let me just go on the internet really quick. Give me your date of birth. Let me check for you. And I could see that they had received it. I don't know why, but they received it a whole entire month after she had sent it in. Wow. And they had finally issued it this past week. Okay. So it's on her way. To, it's on um, its way to her. And then I could check my dad and I could see that even though he requested a mail-in ballot, they said they had received it, but they hadn't sent his to him okay. or he hadn't received it. Mm-hmm. So he was like, look, I'm just going to go stand in this line. Good. I'm so, glad he did. Yeah. And, and I don't know that I've been, I was trying to like, I was thinking, I'm just going to post for every single state what the deadlines are. And I'm like, that's, I can't do that. <laughs> but, but if there's anybody, if, if there's still time, if there's still time to at least get people in your life registered, you know, that's like the one if we could have just gotten one friend to vote who didn't vote yeah. in the last election, I think we would be an entirely, entirely different different world. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, oh, please vote. Please be cynical after November 4th. Yes. Like, November 3rd, just be cynical the next day if you want to. But please vote. Please, please, please vote. Well, I um, like I said, I got my mail-in ballots. They filled it out yesterday. So me and Superman. So tomorrow I'm going to find, I don't want to put it in, in the mailbox. I'm going to like in, here where I live, there are those um, boxes specifically for ballots. So I'm going to find one of those and and, and take it in tomorrow so I can saw the day of. And super, yeah. super mom, super girl's mom came over. She's like, oh, you know, I didn't get mine in the mail. And But I believe here in Jersey, we can actually go and pick one up. So she said she's going to do that as well. So it's just, and then my sisters, they, they still register at, at my parents. So theirs came in. Because when I went to go mm-hmm. visit my parents uh, um, this weekend, I saw it and I was like, okay, so... You know, I picked up my sisters and um, the ones who live near me and dropped it off to them. So, whew, I'm not going to lie. I feel anxious but hopeful. I guess those are the two emotions I feel about the upcoming election. I'm not going to take it because, we, you know, we were all feeling so smug last time. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, what? So, I don't, you know, I still feel anxious and 
I'm just bracing. Telling? I, I showed up in a pantsuit to vote oh. for Hillary. Pantsuit and pearls. Pants and I look at that nation. photo and I'm like, oh, <laughs> it yeah. just looks, yeah. if only she knew. I know. If only that poor man. You were brilliant, but yeah. yeah. Speaking of shady, lately, I don't know if, you know, but this is just random, but not kind of random. I have been getting like some people, I don't know if this is a new thing, but. People will have been like, hey, we want you to be on our podcast or we want you to, to interview you. And then they send me a release form that basically says, I own your life in perpetuity. <laughs> One of the release forms literally said <laughs> something about to be able to use it on any platform known to man in the universe. I was like, the universe don't. <laughs> you don't own. I just, What's just, that song? It's a good song. Yeah, I just, I don't know if that's a Do new they thing. think people don't read the fine print anymore? Yeah, but it's been really crazy. I was like, what? what? I'm just coming on to talk about budgeting. <laughs> I don't, so I've had to go in and say no, because one time I, I signed a contract. I was doing like a um, conference, like one of these online conferences. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, the brand is sizable enough and signed it, did the webinar or whatever, the, the conference. And um, it was great. Then I want to say six months to like eight months later, I was someone sent me a screenshot. It was like, oh, I didn't know that you do spokesperson work, whatever, for this brand. I said, I don't. They're like, oh, your picture's in an ad. And I was like, because I used their service. And I was like, hmm, I didn't, I didn't sanction that. Ooh, so when I, I wrote them. I know the service. Yes, I write, wrote them. <laughs> and I was like, hey, because I know some people pretty high up because they've been trying to recruit me to do different things. I said, hey. I'm seeing this ad. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what, what is this? This is not, you know, I know we did like a, you know, a conference together, but this is not what I agreed to. And they're like, oh, no worries. We can take it down. I said, okay. And then the, either the CEO or somebody came and it was like, actually, when you signed, you know, the release, you did agree to this girl. When I tell mm-hmm. you I was ready to flip over the table, I guess he realized, you know what? I don't want the smoke because within moments he wrote back was like, but you know, we'll gladly take it down and blah, blah, blah. So in actuality, he probably was right. I probably didn't fully read the release, but bruh, you don't want me to drag your service from six ways from Sunday. Cause that I was fixing to be like, oh, that's what we're going to do. First of all, one, I'm leaving the service. Two, I will let everyone know you are the literal worst. So I guess he thought about it. Cause literally, like I said, within 10 minutes, he wrote back, was like, but we'll take it down. And they since paid me to work with them. But yeah, I just just putting that out there for all you creators and things like that. Make sure you read your contracts lately. Typically, the release will say something like, hey, we can use your picture as it relates to this one thing. But lately, they've been reading really crazy. When this one said anything in the universe, I'm like, who wrote this? A 10-year-old. Wait, it literally said that? Yes, Mandy. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like what? In that just covers like if there's life on Mars yeah. and they want to put a billboard up. Can you imagine? <laughs> I was like, the universe? They're going to be watching your ads on the Tesla cabs to the moon. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. And meanwhile, like, like I said, cab. it was literally like, hey, be on my podcast. I'm like, well, why do I need to give you – why do I need to give you ownership of my of my likeness forever and ever and ever and, and on Mars as well? So just being mindful. I just thought that that was like randomly – like it's a little business funny but not so funny because you want to make sure you read carefully if you don't understand to ask questions, you know, if you can't afford an attorney. So, um, yeah, there's that. So I just thought to share that. Oh, well, that's, I mean, it reminds me of like when you see stars in Hollywood kind of get bigger and then uh, a studio that they worked with like 10 years before the movie never got released, all of a sudden it'll be on like straight to video or be released in theaters. They're trying to capitalize. So yeah, read that fine print, Mm y'all. 
Well, what else is going on? I my I've recruited my mother to help me hire a nanny. Okay. Which, which actually, you know, my mom's retired, and I'm like, <clears throat> you got some free time, huh? Because <laughs> let me tell you how little time I have. It's like I really, really need childcare, and we've been like, you know, we've been cobbling it together between mother-in-law and between a neighbor's daughter in the neighborhood, um, who's sweet, but. You know, to have someone who you can consistently rely on the hours you need them. Um, anyhow, so thanks. Shout out to my mama. And if y'all have any tips on vetting a childcare mm. and a, pan- a childcare worker in a pandemic, like I, 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 I'm. It has to happen. I just keep keep telling myself, like it, this, this really needs to happen. This tiny human is like a tiny hurricane. <laughs> um, a really, really, really cute hurricane. But yeah, it's it's next level now. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll just say as far as like on the teacher end, you're definitely going to like see if someone has like um, first aid, like, you know, a certification, things like that, you know. Um, yeah. And then also, also too, like um, one thing that when I was a teacher was that we we would have to get uh, fingerprinted. So that's always like a nice, like added yeah, level. The, hmm? Well, like care.com has a background check mm-hmm. and then you can do additional ones. I think. I, well, the thing is, my mom. I'm gonna. I, I hope that she's um, gonna do like virtual interviews because for me, I just want them to be fun. Like, yeah. I just want them to have a fun personality, and to because I, you know, I try and coach whoever is hanging out with the baby. It's like you need to be silly AF. You need to put on a show. You are a theater production, yes. and you need a new play every ninety seconds. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that is the challenge, and that's why it's so exhausting. But. You just have to have just be as funny as possible. I just wanted to know that he's up there having fun and not bored. I, I don't know why that, you know, matters to me so much. But, you know, anyone who who's out there trying to vet daycare or whatever going into this flu season, just bless you. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's hard to vet like just team members in general. Like I was like, we want to I want to do some rebranding and it's hard. Like I'm like um, for both the budget Nista, just colors and font. And the um and Literature Academy and to find like it's so crazy. <laughs> so many people like brand strategist websites are coming soon. I'm like, uh what? <laughs> this is where you get to show me. <laughs> and so I'm like, Ugh. We're so busy doing other people's websites. Yes. We uh we'll get back to ours. That's literally what it is. So I'm just like, uh so I've been looking, yeah, because I want to like, I want to like, I want to like, you know, revitalize the colors and fonts and to have like a clear brand message and so when you go on, you're like, oh, yeah, this must be Budgetista because I recognize this font and color combination. And I have not had that in a while. I mean, we've been ma- managing without it, but I'm like, come on now, Tiffany, it's time. I used to be really conscious about it when I first started the business and then it kind of just fell off. So if any of y'all know somebody, shoot, I don't even know. Like, y'all just be doing the most. Um, I, we had a we have a person for our logo, Tiff. You want me to give you his email? Yeah, no, that would be great, honestly. Because I no, I would. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> no, no, oh, that's right. But yeah, I would love because I just because it's not so much. I don't need logo creation because we have good logos. It's just color and font. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. what are those a uh, brand? Um, not a brand kit. What are those things called? Like it's like a brand media guide, kit. a brand brand guide. So yeah. when someone is creating something, let's just say I was going to build a new website, I can say, here's my brand guide. Like um. The front, style guide, yeah. Yes, my style guide, yeah. So, so like, for example, like, when the book, the book cover for my book coming out next year, they are, like, working on the cover, and they were asking me that I have a style guide. And I was like, uh, no, but I like these fonts, you know? Mm. <laughs> so it would have been nice, you know, to have some cohesive thing to say, this is, you know, this is what I, I typically lean toward. So, yeah. I will hook you up. That's exactly what our, our um, I don't even know what to call him. He's actually my... 
a husband's good friend from college Ooh. and he designs logos for banks and he is the mastermind behind our and I love brown logo ambition. and font. And he even like, I remember when he was our most recent logo, we kind of refreshed it for the merch in brownambitionstore.com. <laughs> Hashtag uh, use uh, promo code brownambition15 to get 50% off your order. Uh, anyway, so he, he even was like, look, I tried to find some styles that were made by people of color oh, or it. sorry, font fonts that were made but designed by people of color like who thinks about was the person who designed this font black or white who were they um but he's yeah he's super thoughtful like that and um yeah shout out to Wan Lee if he's listening no yeah no I would Uh, for sure because yeah some of some of the things that have come in I'm like uh where's their site I I I can't tell what you do (laughs) I can't tell if it's good or not you know so yeah that's awesome okay well, now you got me thinking about 2021 because you told me, I know we can't talk about it on the show, but you got me excited about something happening in 2021. I know. I, I feel like I, I need to force myself to look past November to what to what there is to look forward to to next year. Um, I, f- I don't know if big vacations are happening, but my one goal is I'm going to see my big sister. Like I really need to get some sister time. She has not seen her nephew mm. in a year. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out... I don't know if I want to like throw the baby in the car. I don't know what to do. Because how far is how long is the ride? So she's in Wisconsin. It's a good. I don't even know. Lord, I'm not going to Wisconsin. I done told her. I'm like, you need to move. <laughs> I want to go to Wisconsin. I think it's like 17 hours. Woo. Listen, but we can't make it 30 minutes in the car without him freaking out, and I have to listen to the Elmo song for every one of those 30 minutes. Oh. Okay, there's no way I will literally die. I'd rather just take the risk and you know fly. But um. Yeah, I, it's it's nonsense. Finally got to see my little brother. Have seen my parents recently, but um, she's just, work, you know, unfortunately she works for one of these companies that has such a limited PTO uh, offering that her vacation is just, it's really hard for them to take time off. So, but um, I'm going to try and plan something so that we can see each other in 2021. Oh, that's, yeah. It, now more than ever, you realize how, just how important family is. Amen, sister friend. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything else happening in the news or should we take a quick break and come back for some questions? I think it's question time. I'm excited for today's questions. I spent a lot of time combing through the inbox yesterday and DMs and email and all that jazz. And I found a couple like husband themed ones that I think mm-hmm. will be fun to answer. So mm-hmm. come back for the tea, y'all. Okay, guys, we are back to answer your questions. Again, you can hit us up on Instagram. We are at Brown Ambition Podcast on the gram. Send us a DM or also old school email, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. So as promised, I found a couple questions that each... um... Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. 
they understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. <clears throat> Feature a problematic husband. So, <laughs> or, or I guess, you know what? I don't, yeah, I'm going to say partner, husband, whatever. A partner. All right. So let's read our first question. This actually has to do with a couple who's looking to buy a home. All right. And she wants to remain anonymous. She says, my partner and I are aiming to move from New York City to California to be closer to family next year. We'd like to buy our first home there with the goal of living there for good. My partner is all about using YouTube to learn about home buying. I, on the other hand, read my share of articles, um, but I'm seeking more guidance. Here's some background on us. I'm in my 30s and make 55K. My partner's in his 40s and makes 100K. Likely, we cannot continue working remotely at our current jobs. He's got about 100K in cash savings and is starting to invest, and I have 40K across my savings and investment accounts. So here's my question. Besides an agent and a mortgage broker, is there someone who can advise us on buying a home? Is a financial advisor appropriate? Is a first-time homebuyer advisor a thing? For whomever you suggest, is there a way to check their background to avoid scammers? My partner is convinced there are home buying loopholes no one is telling him about. We both agree that if we pay for advice, we'd at least learn lessons tailored for our situation. Looking forward, looking to fellow brown ambition, brown ambitionists for a place to start researching. Okay. Is there such thing as a first time home buyer advisor, Tiffany? Not technically, but there are some amazing first time home buyer um, courses. When I first bought my condo when I was in my 20s, I took one at my local bank. And it was a great place to start to learn about the process. But even though they're a little bit of a pain in the behind, NACA, N-A-C-A, what does NACA stand for? Yeah, so NACA is Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America. Here's why. So in the Dreamcatcher, I had never heard of NACA before. I'm not affiliated with them in any way. Um, I So I had, um, in the Dreamcatcher group, and a friend of mine went through the NACA process. So NACA educates you on the process. Then they help you get um, um, get uh, the lowest interest rate possible and help you with, like, help you uh, with a down. I don't think they help you with a down payment. It's mostly interest that they help you with. But people have been able to get interest, like, under 2%, sometimes even lower. It's an amazing, no, there is no better program for for buying as, as it relates to your interests than NACA that I have found. And there have been thousands and thousands of dream catchers in my Facebook group because um, it's about 500,000 women in that group. And I've been watching them post about NACA for like the last three years. Hmm. So the critique of NACA is that you really have to be on them because it's a nonprofit organization. So it really works. You know, the people are not getting paid a ton of money. So sometimes it takes them a while to get back to you. But the more organized you are, the better they are to help you. So I would look at NACA as well because you, you'll be able to get potential, especially even now, an even better interest rate and learn the process along the way. 
So yeah, that's that's where I would start is first time home buyer class. There's so many of them that are free. Just Google, like sometimes the United Ways have them. Many local banks have them. Now that things are digital, um, you could still look, you could just Google free first time home buyer class and see what's available. But when you're ready to make the move, I definitely would look at NACA, Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America. It's an awesome nonprofit that helps folks um, purchase homes. Yeah, and I think, so I mean, her, It's almost like they're in analysis paralysis, like they've Mm -hmm. done so much research. And honestly, YouTube, articles, whichever way you like to, like whatever whatever form of learning uh, works for you. I mean, this is like a very like Mars and Venus situation where like guys are visual, right? And women will take time to read. Um, So it makes sense that he's into YouTube and you're reading and that's fine. He, He seems like a little suspicious of the whole home buying business. So he thinks that there's loopholes that could kind of trap you guys. I mean, I want to like assuage a bit of your fears because thanks to the 2008 housing crisis, which is weird to think, you know, a financial crisis that people are still trying to recover from. But uh, in the Dodd-Frank Act that came after it, there are so many regulations in the mortgage lending industry right now um, where banks, you know, it's it's quite difficult for banks to do what they were doing before, which is get home buyers to um, take on mortgages that they could never afford. Like people out here had like two houses and they couldn't afford even half of one of those two mortgages. So yeah, I, and and so you can you can sort of trust that there are regulations in place to be very transparent. Like you're going to get your loan estimate from any lender that you shop with. It's going to have all the fees outlined. And yes, you can have a real estate agent. You don't necessarily need a mortgage broker, but a mortgage broker can help match you to different. Um, they basically have access to lenders and can help you find loan offers. Or you can shop on your own using an online marketplace. And I'll plug Lending Tree since obviously I work there, but there's other ones too um, where you can shop and compare mortgages. But as long as you guys shop and compare and get the best deal on your mortgage, um, you know, don't don't make it more complicated than it is. And it sounds like you guys are going for like, you know, first time home buyers, you know, you you aren't like getting a jumbo mortgage. You're not like doing some kind of weird type of loan that's not a conventional loan. I mean, it's it it should be pretty transparent. And as someone who went through this process a couple of years ago, the only thing that I stressed out about was, is this a good decision? Like, is it a good decision to buy a home? Does it make financial sense? And I did actually call my financial advisor because, or my financial planner, um, Helen, because I just wanted to, I did want to just listen to someone else who was very smart and who I trusted, kind of talk it through with me. What are the different factors? Like, what are home values looking like in the area we're buying in? What are the schools like? What have the, what, uh, how have home values risen over or fallen over the past, you know, decade? And, and Helen did talk me through it. And, And for me, I decided to call our financial planner for that reason, just to have someone who I trusted give me specific advice. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something that is lacking from like online articles and YouTube videos is that they don't know you personally, Mm -hmm. which is why it's hard to answer questions here too. So I'm a, I'm a fan of like, if you need it for your own peace of mind and just to have, and for me too, it wasn't just about peace of mind. It was about my husband and I really were not on the same page about how much we wanted to borrow and where we wanted to buy and all that kind of stuff. And once again, my financial planner kind of became our couples therapist and helped <laughs> us. Yeah. It just helped be like a, um, I don't know, like a, a, sounding a, board. a sounding board and objective, you know, source in the middle of us trying to help us work through and like speak both of our languages. So 
I think, so you won't find like a first time home buyer advisor. That's not like a name, I don't think. Yeah. But a financial planner who, who will just charge you like an hourly rate to have a conversation that could be helpful to you guys. Yeah, no, that is. And then honestly too, my, this is not always typical, but my mortgage broker, David, was amazing. He, I never know, knew anybody who was like really passionate about mortgages, but he was. And I used to ask him, to this day, I have not gotten a mortgage from David, <laughs> but I've sent him to, sent other people to him. It's just because um, the house that we bought, we ended up paying for cash, as y'all know. And then um, when I thought I was going to do the cash refi, cash out refi, um, or refi cash out, um, we ended up not doing it, but I was working with David. But so sometimes, you know, you can get, uh, mortgage brokers can answer a lot of the questions. And I also had an amazing um, realtor that answered a lot of my, I mean, I was one of those people who was like, but what about, but what about, but what about, because to Mandy's point, they got to know me and knew what I needed. So, you know, that's somebody else to, to bring into the mix, a realtor that you really like. Don't sign any exclusivity with anyone. I didn't. I was like, in the beginning I did. And then I learned my lesson was like, no, until I was like, you know, I really do actually want to work with you and a mortgage broker, one that you find really helpful and and, and willing to answer a ton of questions because you're going to have them and rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. And remember the sellers pay, they usually pay the buyer's agent's fee. So, you know, if that's something that you're worried about, you feel like you're stuck with this person, like, you know, that fee is usually covered by the seller. Okay, well, hope that was helpful and you and your your partner figure things out. Okay, let's go to our n- another question. This is another couple who's having differences of opinion about what to do with their emergency fund. Oh, do I know this <laughs> so well? Okay, our next question comes from, we'll call her Eunice. Eunice says, my husband and I have recently saved six months of expenses for our emergency fund. Good for y'all. Mm. He thinks we should get a financial advisor to invest this money to where we have access to it in a couple of business dates if needed. I, however, prefer to keep the money in our bank account in a high interest checking account at 1%, which is at a credit union. So we don't have to ask anyone to use our own money if we need it. I'm very risk averse and skeptical of financial advisors. Plus, I thought an emergency fund was something you kept 100% liquid, but my husband sees things differently. How would you ladies say we go about getting a return on our emergency fund? My plan would give us about $200 of interest per month, which is more than enough in my opinion, and we can keep money ourselves for an emergency. I love the podcast and I love the life updates from y'all. Thank you. Okay, Eunice. So this is a really interesting scenario. So they've got six months worth of savings. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So her husband's looking at this pile of cash and is like, yo, we should be investing this Mm -hmm. to to earn even more uh, return on it. And she's thinking of it like, oh, we need to keep this safe and protected in a regular ass banking account, as I like to say. (laughs) So interesting. What do you think, Tiff? Well, I can understand your husband's position, but the purpose of an emergency savings account is for risk management. It is not for growing wealth. Anything saved above that, go for it, you know? That's that's what I tell him. Like, so if we put our money into the market, right? Um, Let's just say, and then we hit an emergency, what will we do? If we put our money into the market, because when you when you invest, you have to think long term. You have to think 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So you the, you might put your money in today and the market drops and then someone loses their job. And then, well, what happens to your emergency fund? The literal purpose of your emergency fund is to be your first line of defense in the case of financial trauma. 
So, I mean, I don't know. Um, I probably wouldn't keep it in the checking account, just a high interest yield savings. Did you say checking or did you tell you said savings, Mandy? She must mean savings if she's getting 1%. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. And you just tell him like any money. Cause so my husband and I have maxed out. We have saved cause I'm, you know, crazy. We've saved a year's worth of our expenses. And so anything above that now goes to one or two things. We have a bucket to invest into real estate. And then, then we also, I have a certified financial planner, um, Anjali. And then anything, I also send money to Anjali to say, okay, put it into like, you know, whatever, like, um, our investments are with her. So, so yeah, I, I don't believe in investing your savings because the purpose of it is to provide you a cushion to something happen. So, I mean, but I know a lot of men are like, go, 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 go. And sometimes it, you know, it, it can be like, ah, what do we do? But that's what I would just share with him. Like, well, babe, if we invest this money and then the market goes down and then up and then down, and then when it's down, we're down, then what? You know? So, mm. yeah, that's what I would share. I mean, I think you're 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 on the right path, but I can understand why he sees it as like, it's a waste. It's really not. It's, it's there to protect you. Yeah. I, I just, like, this is the reason I spend money that I really don't need to spend on financial planner. Because, like, I know my shit. But it's really satisfying when you, as the, as one partner, are told that you're right by the person you're asking advice from. So I can kind of imagine Eunice, like, forcing her partner to listen to this episode. Like, you might want to skip ahead to the 34-minute <laughs> mark because there's a really interesting segment. <clears throat> you might want to, <laughs> like, uh, but, and you know, all jokes aside, uh I think it's, I think in this case, like Tiffany's totally right. You want to keep that money. You've like, congrats. You say six months of expenses. That's major. Mm -hmm. Now it's a, and especially in times like this, it's not a bad idea to shore up your emergency fund and, and really have that money. Like, it's not just about being accessible. It's about being safe. It is insured by the federal government. And whatever we can say about how crazy things are, FDIC insurance is still rock solid. So your money's not going anywhere like it would in the stock market. Your money is not insured. It's not protected when you invest it um, in the market. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I and I think what's exciting is now, y'all, anything else is icing. Like, y'all can start investing for real. You know, start with your 401ks, your IRA, or then, you know, open a brokerage account and have some fun now. Um, but, yeah, congrats on getting your... You're six months and good luck with the, you think that's the first financial disagreement you're ever going to have? Oh, Lord. Oh, girl. Me and Superman are going through one right now. I'm like, whatever. Who cares to share? I love, I love it. Makes no, me feel normal. Right now, we get on the other side of it because we haven't, I haven't quite run, um, won yet, but I will. So when I, you know, once I finish my victory lap, then I certainly will share. All right. How about when my husband went to the Apple store, came back with everything but the uh, the dongle <laughs> no, that the... he needed. The <sighs> damn dongle. <sighs> Tiffany knows how many times I have started this podcast late because I'm looking for my damn dongle oh my that I need for my for my mic to attach to my computer. And my husband's constantly stealing it. I'm like, can you go buy your own damn dongle? I just love saying damn dongle. It makes me so happy. <laughs> but anyway, he came back with an Apple Watch, a leather oh case gosh. for his AirPods. I'm like, oh, you got discretionary funds? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? You got discretion. Let's put something in Rio's 59 plan. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> he eventually got the dongle. That's the moral of the story. Yes. And honestly, too, I mean, um, it happens. Like, so you might, so for example, there is, there's negotiating, right? So you might say, okay, well, I, I adamantly am against us, like, you know, investing, you know, our savings, but you know what? Maybe I will acquiesce to maybe two months worth. Just so he can see, and then you go back to to, to you get back to, up to saving six months. Do you see what I mean? Like giving mm -hmm. a little something because 
it's marriage is long. Girl, you want yeah, to Yeah, you have to lose some battles. Yes. You have to pick the battles that you're willing mm-hmm. to lose every once in a while, you know, so that you can win the important. You have to look at the long game. Yes. You know? Yeah. So that's what I would probably honestly, if this is Superman, I might say, like, depending on how adamant he was, because sometimes he's like, yeah, I can tell he doesn't mind losing. So I'm like, well, I'll just take all the victory. But then there's times when I'm like, hmm, I can tell he's pretty frustrated with me. You know what? Let me loosen up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you two months, sir. Oh, three. Um, yeah, or maybe it's like five. Here's five hundred bucks. Here's a like shave off yes. a little something mm-hmm. for them to go play with. And yes. I mean, I tried that, but see, be ready to lose <laughs> it though, because you're gonna lose it with a lot of Tesla stock. I'm tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, good luck to you, and thank you so much for your question, Eunice. Yes. This was a fun one. It was a fun one. Please, you guys, if you want us to uh, prove you right, send your questions to brandambitionpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on IG brandambition podcast. All right. Boost and break? Yes. And now it's time to boost a break for all our family. Mm. Are you going to boost? Are you going to break? What you going to do, Mandy? Uh-uh-uh-uh. What you going to do, Mandy? I wish you could see my hand moving. What you going to do? Very Brandy-esque. What you going to do, Mandy? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Moesha. Shout out to Sister Sister. Shout out to Black Netflix. I love it. Yes. I am so excited about my boost today. Uh, as I was digging through our DMs in IG uh, last night, I came across this story that just warmed my little heart. And it's from a listener. Her name is Ellen C. And she just recently won a scholarship from a website called Student Loan Planner. And her scholarship essay featured Brown Ambition. Um, Yeah, so she called to share the link. And I'm going to share it in our show notes. But I also wanted to read a little bit um, because her story is really interesting. So to get the scholarship, she submitted an essay to Student Loan Planner. And it's all about kind of how she has transformed negativity of 2020 into opportunity. All right, so let me just, I'm going to read a little bit of her essay. It's really cute, cute, (laughs) really cool. All right, Ellen says, one of the main negative experiences I faced was in high school when my high school counselor stereotyped me and did not give me the guidance I needed to apply to college. Mm -hmm. That was always my goal. I was working hard to be eligible. I received no support with college applications or financial aid. I pushed for it anyway and ended up going to college and earning a bachelor's degree, two master's degree, and a doctorate in educational leadership. Over only around 5% of Latinx in the U.S. earn a graduate degree, and this includes master's and Ph.D. I was set on proving to my community and others that it can be done. The reason I raise this experience up is that I turned that negative experience into a positive by becoming a high school counselor so that students would never have to experience Mm. what I did. I vowed to not only support students to get to and through college, but to make sure to have important information accessible to all. Fast forward to 2020. We were living on one paycheck in an expensive city in an expensive state with our first child. I was at home full time feeling like I needed to do something productive. I was introduced to the Brown Ambition podcast a few years back, but I never made the time to actually listen to it. I finally started to listen to the episodes from the very beginning around February 2020. As the coronavirus started to hit and our state went into shelter in place, I wasn't binging Netflix like others. I was binging podcasts. That was my gateway into personal finance. And I started going down the path of learning how to budget, invest, and take control of our finances. And that's a little bit from her essay. Y'all check out the link in our notes. And that's so sweet. It is. I love that. And inspirational. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That reminds me of Michelle Obama's story. That was like the famous Michelle Obama story about how in high school um, her counselor told her that she wasn't, what was it, Princeton material? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screw the haters, okay? Yeah. And I love that 
I love that you're going back into the same field to make sure that no student is left behind like you could have been. Yes, um, that is awesome. You know, so crazy. I actually had my guidance counselor, although my school at Westfield was super, super white. There was less than like probably 5% of students were black. My guidance counselor was actually a black woman. I'll never forget. And she was so mm-hmm. like supportive and encouraging. So I, I just realizing just how fortunate that was because it, it wouldn't have been odd for her to be not a black woman. But yeah, she just always reminded me how smart. We're actually Facebook friends. And she hit me like maybe a year ago and told me how proud she was of me, but wasn't surprised that she wrote me something about like, what did she say about how I was in high school? I'm like, really? She was like, yeah, girl, I'm not surprised. And I was just like, oh, that was so nice. Yeah, so yes, that unfortunately, there are not enough people to encourage us. So I'm glad that you are now part of the solution where you saw a problem. And think about your counselor and how alone she must have felt working in a school mm-hmm. with like... I'm sure not the faculty. Faculty probably wasn't representative of the no, you know, area <laughs> <Yes>. either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, but I, thinking back on my high school experience, there were, I had a vice principal at my, the last high school I went to, and she she used to always just like invite me to her office just to chat, you know, about whatever. And it always seemed like, oh, she's just being friendly, but it it felt like those invitations that really matters. Mm-hmm. And I it does. And when you see a black woman, and I'm I think about her now, and I'm like, damn, she was like the only black woman in the faculty at the black woman, especially at this like super white high school. Um, and it must've been hard for her too, you know? Mm-hmm. And anyway, she, I remember when she gave me the, um, that Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the places, Oh, yes. the places you'll go. And my mind was like blown. Yes. I love uh, that book. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, shout out to our educators and definitely a big, big, big brown boost for you, Ellen. Thank you so much for sharing and congrats on, um, winning that scholarship. Yes. So I, mine is not a brown boost. It's kind of, well, I guess it's a brown break and more of a, or maybe a brown and it's a boosty breaky. So lately I've been seeing on social media, um, something called SAR. So y'all know I'm Nigerian. Whoop, whoop. Ibo Kwenu. Hey. Right. So SARS is the special anti-robbery squad. So Nigeria, unfortunately, when it comes to its civil workers, so like teachers and police officers and things of the sort, um, oftentimes won't. These people will not be paid for months and months and months and months on end. It's resulted in a very unstable financial environment where people have resorted to armed robbery. And I've seen it firsthand myself. Every time I've gone to Nigeria, we've always gone with heavy, 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 um, like, protection. And so, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate. And so Mm. in uh, 1992, I guess, um, something called the Special Anti-Robbery Squad was formed called SARS. They were a special, like a, a, they were supposed to be a Nigerian police force unit um, that was supposed to combat this anti-robbery. And I'll give you an example. My dad, he had not been back to Nigeria in a number of years, went with my sister Karen, is driving down whatever road, police stands in the middle of the road, tells him to pull over, your light is out. He's like, hmm, okay, it's not, but okay. Pulls over and says, your light is out. That's going to be a fine of, let's just say like, I don't know. 200 naira, which might be like, I don't know, a few dollars. He's like, what? No. So continues to like tell him, well, well, then you just go to jail. My dad was like, okay, let's go. And I remember my sister Karen telling me this. And at the time she was young. She was like 11. She's now in her 40s. Sorry, Karen. Um, She's like, my business. (laughs) (laughs) um, There's no shame. I know. And um, they took him to jail. Or it's either my sister Karen or my sister Lisa. Either way, they took him to jail and he sat there until he agreed to pay whatever kind of like ransom. And 
that those were mm. police officers. I have seen firsthand. So last time that we went, like as a family, my father actually hired police officers to be our, our, our um, armed escort. So we would be pulled over and then they'd be like, oh, it's my friend, the other police officer. So we would be allowed to go. But I saw, like, I'm talking about like, like AKAs to your car, pull over now or I'm shooting. And it's it's reached a fever, a feverish peak um, with with um, this SAR squad where they, if you are a young person that has a nice phone or is dressed nicely, they have been stopping. People have been um, killed. And I actually was just um, um, WhatsApping with my cousin Ifi in um, Nigeria, just checking on him and seeing if he was okay. And he was like, um, yeah. So he was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm in uh, pop. Port Harcourt, that's where he lives. It's mostly in Lagos and Abuja, which are two um, major cities. And he said, SARS are what they are. Their activities are very notorious. They can harass you anyhow without you committing anything if you enter into their net. To bail yourself out, sometimes you pay over 500,000K. This is in Naira. This might be like a few hundred dollars, which is a significant amount of money, Mm -hmm. depending. And some people come out deformed or, or it's death. It's harassment and extortion. This is what he's just telling me. And he's like, um, people are tired of their illicit activities. And the protest is for the government to dissolve the unit. Um, the last time the government uh, agreed to reform the unit, there wasn't a proper mechanism in place. So, but I'm just now looking and I was like, I was like doing some research because I wanted to post about it. And it looks like literally as of a few hours ago that um, the president has agreed to disband SARS. So we will see. Literally, um, it says SARS has ended. The Nigerian police force is dissolved. So we'll see. Um, There's a lot of... This is why I think people in America don't understand why it is so critically important to maintain the middle class. Because what's happening in Nigeria is that you have the very, very rich and the very, very poor. When there is no middle class, people will result, meaning those who are very, very poor, will result into feeding themselves and their family, oftentimes in in ways that you cannot imagine. But we don't know that because we have a middle class to kind of balance out. But our current administration, the way it has structured itself, it is squeezing out the middle class. And it's so funny because it's like the middle class that's supporting whatever. Some people are just, they don't even realize that they are working against their own best interests, but okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to like, you know, so it's like, so we'll see. Hopefully I'm going to post more about it on my social because I thought to myself, as a, I consider myself African-American. I consider myself Nigerian. I consider myself Black, a woman. So I posted a lot about Black Lives Matter. I can't be silent about SARS. I, at first, I was like, well, I don't really know much. And I was like, girl, do you know all the things about Black Lives Matter? And yet you posted. So don't, you know, I told myself I'm not, that's not the excuse, Tiffany. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Um, and if any of y'all are, are familiar or if any of our, our listeners are actually in Nigeria or surrounding countries, and you have like more kind of like on the ground um, feedback about what's happening. I would love to know. Certainly, tag me at the Budgetista. I I want to learn more. And like, what the hardest part for me is, I'm not I'm not clear on what can be done. What other Nigerians are just asking is that you share it, because in so sharing, you're shaming the government to make a move. Um, mm. But other than that, is you know what else can we do? So that's probably my biggest. I'm asking. Um, I was just asking um, Ify, my cousin, and he was like, right now share as much as possible because right now it's forcing the government's hand because the world is watching. So, yes. And it's almost like, you know, America and for what it's worth, like I know there's people who are very much against the U.S. interfering, so to speak, in other countries um, situations to to come to aid or whatever. And of course, we have like a not the greatest track record of doing that to anyone's benefit. 
That being said, I feel like if American citizens stand up and call attention, I mean, that that's, that's I feel like, sometimes more powerful, the same way that Nigerian citizens, it seems like they've stood up and said enough, like, we're not going to tolerate this anymore. Was it, in, was it inspired at all, like, by the Black Lives Matter movement? Because, like, that, so SARS has been around for nearly... 30 years now, what do you think is changing now? Like where um, people well, are rising up against it? It's funny because actually my sister Lisa, one of her professor is one of the ones that started um, the movement. He has been on the ground um, for a long time. They actually arrested him on some bogus charges. Um, they've since stripped him of, he's out of jail after a year being held without cause. And they since stripped him of his- um, A year? Mm-hmm. They stripped him of his um, passport so he can't go anywhere. So he said, fine, if I'm stuck here, I will use social media. So what, what you're seeing is like accumulation of his efforts and the efforts of the people um, who, who, just like him, want to see a change. And so I think what helped is they saw the, I, I don't, it wasn't Black Lives Matter that made the movement happen. I think it's what it's like it helped to open the door for the movement to be heard. Because like I said, mm-hmm. I've been this mm-hmm. has been yeah, you that's know a good point. like I was like like the last time I went to Nigeria was like 10 years ago and I saw this myself with my own two eyes. So this is not a new issue. This is not something that Nigerians have not been talking about. I just think that now it's like okay, you know, it's scary because there is at least some law in order here in some ways. But there are places, like, literally, I saw the policeman, like, shoot his gun in the air and point it, like, at a family in a car and say, stop or all of you. It's I mean, and then what can you do? You know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. So yeah. it's just, so I think, so a lot of people are afraid to protest because you're really literally putting your life on the line some places when you protest. We, we don't know. I mean, we know, but we don't know that level of, of scariness. Where, you know, yeah, it's just like, well, I don't want to compare like, you know, struggle for struggle, but it's just a different level of, um, yeah, it's just a different level of like what's allowed. And so I, I am grateful that Black Lives Matter has made like, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to take away from the movement of what they've done on their own, but I just think that it, it, it it's emboldened this type of um, protest. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so like, yeah, like I said, I want to. I want to share more. I want to learn more. If you guys know more, please share. I, especially, I want to find solutions or things that people can do here and abroad to help and to be of service other than just sharing. But the sharing alone is, is really important. Well, thank you for sharing because I was not aware of that at all. So I learned something today. No problem. All right. Well, that, I believe, is the show. It is. Another week. Another week closer to election <laughs> day. Oh, God. I hear the little one. He 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 crawls like uh, uh, a sprinter sprints. Like I have never seen a human move so fast on four limbs. Aww. It is insane. <laughs> these yeah. kids are fast out here in these streets. They're so fast. All right. Well, take care. Have a good rest of your week. Happy early voting. You too. All right. Bye, y'all. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. 
purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.